Welcome back, everyone, to a very special episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We are joined by a very special guest. We have the artistic director of the Encina Italian Theater Festival, Laura Caparati. And the Encina Italian Theater Festival this year is running May 1st through May 16th and this is this is the fun thing about the festival it is in all five boroughs of New York City and in Boston, Detroit, Los Angeles and San Diego also amazing about this festival admission to all shows and events is free but you you know you'll want to check out their website for more information and details which is encinany.com so now that we've got all that information out of the way, why don't we go back and welcome our very special guest, Artistic Director, Laura Caparati. Laura, thank you so much for joining us today on Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you so much for having me. It's a great honor to be here. Oh, thank you. I am excited to talk about this because most of the festivals that we have spoken about have been based here in New York. Or, you know, have had one central location, but this, this is spread out all over the city. And then, of course, all across the country. This sounds amazing. So could you tell us a little bit more about the Encina Italian Theater Festival, please? Yes. So I am also the artistic director of Kairos Italy Theater, which is the Italian theater company in New York since 2000. And I always thought that the should have been a, an Italian theater festival. And then in 2013, I had the chance because it was the year of the Italian culture in the States, something that they don't do it anymore. And so I was asked to do something theatrical and I was like, okay, let's do a festival. And, and I did, but being in New York and doing theater in New York for a long time, I always thought why everyone is doing everything in Manhattan and this was 2013, not 2023. Now it's more fashionable to do things in different uh, places. At that time, everything was happening in Manhattan and also was happening in one place, as you said before. And I was going around and seeing all these beautiful theaters, beautiful ensemble, great artistic directors all over the place. So I was like, really, we need to push people to go all over New York City, there's not just Manhattan. And I live in Manhattan and I am in residency in a play in a Casa Italiana Zerilli Marimo, which is in Manhattan, but still. And, uh, and we started and it, it was a success because the, all the, the communities outside Manhattan, they were happy that for once a theater was going to them instead of asking them to come to their house. So we did it, and for the since the first year we did the free admission again because I really wanted to be able to have everyone, not to discriminate a ticket. I know tickets are important. I'm not saying that you don't have to pay to go to the theater, but this is a festival, and you know also being an Italian theater festival in original language with English supertitles, you know. We wanted really to say to everyone, you can come and see a show and enjoy a show. It doesn't mean that because it's in Italian or is from Italy, you will enjoy it less. And that also is a key that brought us to be known and to have 
basically 60% of our audience is not Italian and is not of Italian descendant. And it, it's beautiful. Unfortunately, this year we lost uh, a community center, which I really loved, but they, there is a new director and they went to another, you know, they decided to do something else. But one of the things that I liked of that community center is that people that never go to the theater, they came and saw the shows and they were waiting every year for us to bring the shows there. So that is uh, the, the big thing about this festival. And uh, we bring, uh, we have a call. So we all all the companies are professional companies. They have to tour in Italy. So the shows that are coming from Italy, they have to be on tour. They have to be like, like if you go to Italy and you go to the theater, you see these shows. So of course we ask them to minimize the stage and the set and everything. Also because being doing it one show in one location and another show in another location should be easy to do it. But I have to say we have great, great artists this year. We have a very famous, very, very famous as like, like Tina Fey in Italy, she's coming for a show. We have another amazing artist who is also very well known and is is a great artist uh, that brings uh, also the, the old Italian tradition of Italian theater and is bringing a show that is talking about his family in Naples. And, and we have also a very innovative show that is uh, is called Table Theater because it's done on a table and it's only for 25 people, it's only 30 minutes, and it's done with the gummy bears. So it's a story told by the gummy bears. We have a show for children. We have shows that are more for an adult audience. And is all. And we have a couple of comic shows and then drama and something with music. So is really, we have plenty for everyone. And this year, because it's 10 years from the very first time when we had only three shows, <laughs> we go to different cities. We went to, actually, we went in the past to Washington and to Boston already. But And to Boston, we do a reading. We have a collaboration with um, the Italian theater company in Boston. And we do a reading of the award that we give. You know, we all know Mario Fratti the great playwright, uh, the Italian playwright, I mean, the Italian slash American because he's here for a long time. The creator of the story that is uh, the base for Nine, the musical. So mm. we give an award on his name because he was part of our company for a long time. And uh, so this award, the award is translation, reading, publication and production. And so we do one more reading outside New York. Actually, this year we arranged to do another reading of, of a Barrio Fratti Award winner from the past in San Diego. And, and my goal is really to do a West Coast edition and an East Coast edition, and then going in in the middle by traveling. So we'll see. It's a, we are an independent company. I always say we do the Broadway work being an off-of-Broadway <laughs> company. This has got a lot of moving pieces in it. You're you're coordinating on different sides of the ocean. I mean, there is so much going into this. What has it been like developing all of it this year? With, for, with it being the 10th anniversary too. 
so it's the 10th anniversary is, is we call it in Shena 10, even though it's not the 10th edition, because we all know why. <laughs> that which we won't name. <laughs> yeah, we won't name ever. But it's been, uh, uh, so we had the lineup from 2020. That will be, uh, let's say it was the easy part because we were, everything closed down when we were ready to go. Everything closed down middle of March and the festival was supposed to happen in, in uh, May. So this year we are still finding that, you know, we are coming out out the frozen time and so there is still like a little bit of rearranging things and also a couple of locations they change directors so they also change completely directions and it was so sad because we had this location for 10 years hmm. but there's nothing that we could do and uh, so I had to find more loca different locations which I'm happy because for instance we have Snow Harbor in Staten Island which I've been going after for like many years. I wanted, really wanted to be in Snack Arbor and now finally we are able to do it. It's not, we are a very small staff. It's not so difficult because there, is, there are a lot of people that are really happy that we collaborate with them. We bring, we bring Italian theater from outside. So it's, it's not so complicated. It's more like because there are many locations, not everyone is like so fast in replying with date and time. So you have to talk and then talk and then wait and then talk and then talk. So that is, uh, no, makes it slower, but it's not so difficult at now, nowadays to do it. We have a Casa Italiana Zerili Marimo who supports us so much and gives us the, you know, the mean to do this, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And and we don't have a big budget. We have a very small budget, but we manage to do everything and to pay everyone. And to the artists, they come here. Uh, we have the uh, a small support uh, for three companies. That is something new that started in 2020. And then we have, uh, we, we don't, I mean, they come here, the companies by themselves, but we provide theater, a dedicated technician, dedicated PR. We give a photo, we do video, we do the super titles. I'm up, I'm hopeful that in the future we can even give the translation in English. And also we give uh, an opportunity for everyone to network here in New York, to meet the theater makers in New York, to understand how American theater works because they don't know much about, I mean, they all know about Broadway. But the indie theater, which is my love and my passion, is not known in Italy so much. Hmm. And so my goal is really to have them networking and understand how it works here. What are the resources and what are the obstacles and the difficulties in exchange? My associate director, is also the artistic director of on stage, which is the American Theater Festival in in Italy, and so you know some of the the theaters here went there, and we are we try really to connect people as much as we can, so they can also maybe collaborate in the future. Very cool. You know the festival is spread across the country. Does it run 
all at once so shows are happening in san diego at the same time they're happening in detroit or do you start in one place and make your way out to another there will be only one day where we have two shows in two different places but this year because it's the first year that we spread so much i personally want to be in every place because i want to be you know it's the first time then you know when there is a second time it's fine but the first time i want to be there so we have like three days where we don't do anything in new york and we do the shows and readings out out there in the midwest mid and west coast and boston it will be we haven't decided yet the the the, the date it will be either the 15 or 17 of may I I would like to be there, but because last year we did it, we we basically do it in collaboration with Patsy Lazzi, which is this uh, uh, company in uh, Boston, but also with Emerson College as well. So we have actors from uh, Emerson College. And so, you know, I want to be there because last year I, I was uh, unable to go. Uh, last year it was a very, very strange edition of the festival. <laughs> the goal is to do one week west and then do the two weeks east, which will be the best thing to do. Very cool. Is there a message or a thought that you're hoping that the audience will take away from this? The most important is that theater is theater. It doesn't matter where it comes from. Good theater is good theater. There is a tendency that I found, I'm 30 years in New York now, and, uh, and I do theater for a long time. There is a tendency to think that foreign theater is not theater. There is a little bit like American theater is what everyone can understand and British, of course, but it's, and then everything else is like, yeah, but you know, I I still very rare now, but I still get some time. Oh, but we don't have an Italian audience. I'm not doing it for an Italian audience. I'm doing it for an American. I, I, Believe me, I get, I still get this less than before. Before was everyone, like 20 years ago, everyone was like, but we don't have an Italian audience. We don't have people who speak in Italian. Even when, as a company with Cairo City Theater, we do everything in English. And I still, but we don't have Italian speakers. I'm like, I don't need an Italian speaker. <laughs> so that, that is the most important thing. It doesn't matter where it comes from. Good theater is good theater we live in a global society we need to see that we do we talk about the same things and we we face very similar problems all together this is why i really want people to you know that we have a, a moment where the audience can meet the artist so it's uh, i remember years ago we brought a show that was dealing with uh, bullism uh, via internet and we did an after show with schools and they were telling us with local schools and they were telling us about the problems that you know they had because there are problems and one said it's refreshing to know that also in italy they have this problem mm-hmm. and that is what it's important to take is all over the world, we have the same problem. We laugh in the same way. 
there are little differences, of course, but it's also the beauty of knowing someone that is not from your country is to, you know, to get to know them and with an open mind, which to me is the most important thing, really. Yes. My last question for this first part, you've kind of answered a little already, but who ultimately do you hope have access to the Encina Festival? I wish to have uh, the people who don't go to the theater usually. That is really, this is why I was sad that this community center decided to be less inclusive. Let's put it this way. Because I saw how many people were coming that usually don't go to the theater. We used to do, and I'm still don't know if we are going to do it this year. We used to bring our artists into probation center where to work with the probation clients. And then they were coming to see the show. And so it's, it's to me really to reach out everywhere. This is also why I go to the five boroughs is because I go to different places and I get different, different audiences. So I hope so. It's, I don't know if it's only in New York, but it's not so easy because there is a tendency to think, you know, I'm Spanish. I'm going to see that. I'm, I'm like from South America. I'm going to see that. I'm an immigrant. I'm going to see that kind of shows. So there is a little bit of boxes and I will really don't like boxes. I don't know if I explain this. And let me say another thing. I did, I did a documentary on the beginning of Italian theater in the United States, end of 1800, beginning of 1900. At that time, theater, of course, was very alive because there was no TV and no cinema. Cinema was starting. But theater had really a social component. The immigrants were going to the theater to find a community, to talk about their issues. But also the, the, the companies were collaborating closely. The Yiddish and the Italian theater were, were collaborating so much that they were renting uh, the Grand Theater, which was uh, a huge theater on Allen Street and Grand. And they basically presented the same Shakespeare play uh, using the same set, one night in English, uh, one night in Yiddish and one night in Italian. We don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. We don't use theater, which is instead one of the most magical experiences you can have as a human being. We don't use theater so much for social experience. It's more like about marketing and how can I get the audience. And so with the festival, with the company also, but you know, the company is a little bit different as a company. But with the festival, I really hope to reach some goals in in engaging communities and make different communities coming together under the the beautiful and magic roof of a theater.
Well, next, I want to move on to our second part of the interview and give our listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit more. And I want to start by asking you what shows, playwrights, or composers in the past have inspired you or do you love? Well, I love Dario Fo, which is, you know, as was uh, an Italian artist, not just playwright, actor, everything. And I was lucky to study with him, to work with him and to know him very well. And I think I can say that he taught me how to look at theater, how to understand theater, how to, I'm also an actress and a director and I, I always uh, use it, his advices, his words. Like he was always saying, if you, if you can tell a story in five words, that means you have the story clear. Otherwise, if it's not clear to you, it cannot be too clear to anyone else. Uh, and so I use that for everything I do and and so many other things. And Dario really, really, really was my mentor in my life. And another one that I love, which we do one show of her, she's dead now, but she was Franca Valeri as a playwright and actress, the first female comedian in the 50s when in Italy women were like Gina Lollobrigida or Sofia Loren no not not comedians and not writing her own stuff or you know being their own directors and so forth she was she never gave up she never thought that she was not allowed to do it she did it she had great success she her plays are amazing they are so perfect they are perfect it's so difficult to do a play over and do it wrong because the writing is so good that you know you have really to be (laughs) to make a lot of effort to do it wrong and then composer my favorite composer ever is Ennio Morricone Mm. which is the famous he was an Oscar Winner a couple of times, and he's like, it was he did the famous music for film, like so many. One is Cinema Paradiso, but there are so many, and and I love Mozart as well. And then there are so many that I love. I love jazz a lot. I love Italian music, of course. I love Neapolitan music. My father made me sing Neapolitan music when I was little, together with him. So. And and I think, you know, Neapolitan music is the birth of melody. It's like the base of so much that came after. So, and what else in theater? I cannot think right now, but I'm sure there are a couple American playwrights. I cannot think right now. <laughs> Ooh, and how, but there are, I mean, besides Shakespeare, which is, of course, it goes without saying. But there are uh, other playwrights, but of course now I cannot think of any. <laughs> and Peter Brook. Peter Brook to me was the director. Peter Brook and Giorgio Streller. Giorgio Streller was a different guy. was an Italian director. He started the concept of a director in Italy. We only had before an impresario, artistic director, or the first actor doing also the, the director. And Trailer started the concept of a director, a theater that was directed by someone, a, com- a, a play directed by someone. I love the way he directed. I completely love Peter Brook because I love direct 
things that with, where you don't have a lot of set. I really believe in the energy of actors and, and I love to, to discover the energy of actors. And also another playwright is Bertolt Brecht, which mm. I really love. And The Jewish Wife is my audition piece, basically. Always been since forever. That's amazing. Have you seen any shows recently that you might be able to recommend to our listeners? So I saw Misty at the Shed, which is an interesting show. Is directed, by the way, by uh, an Italian who is uh, Palestinian of origins, which I didn't know, but it's an interesting piece. It may not be for everyone, but it's interesting. There is a lot of spoken words, kind of R&B, pop, and then... Is an interesting piece about gentrification. Is more about Great Britain, London, but there are there are things that we can relate to. And yeah, I thought I thought it was very interesting. I saw something that Miss Loman, I think, is a spin-off of Death of a Salesman, and it was done at the Tank, directed by Megan Finn. It was a perfect show. The problem is is not coming back. They are, they are bringing it back, I think, for one day, April 28th at the tank. But I don't know how they work with it. I don't know if it's by invitation only because it's only one day. But it was a great, great, great show. Oh, well directed. And the, the play was very interesting because it was the after the, the, the second part of the life of the family. So it was very, very interesting. What else did I see lately? I don't remember. I see so many. I, I see so many plays. One of the things I love. I saw something in London. A Medea. Medea in London. I was in London. We brought one show to London to the Vault Festival, which is a kind of a French festival, independent theater festival. But I went to see Medea and it was like incredible. I hope they bring it here. It was incredible. And if they bring it here, I'll let you know. So you can tell everyone to go see it. Oh, good. Yes. And the other one, but I don't know if it, if it closes already, is The Jungle, Ascent and Warehouse, mm-hmm. which I saw many years ago. But it was really, really, really good. And unfortunately, it's still timing. It's, not, it's very, you know, unfortunately, it's still something that we talk about. Yep. What is your favorite part about working in the theater? So I started to do theater before I could, you know, in elementary school, actually with my best friend, Natalia, who is not a theater person. I was like forcing her. We are best friends since we are four years old. So I was forcing her to do shows for everyone who was coming in the house. And I always did, I never been only, you know, the actress or the director. I was always the organizer, director, and actress. But interesting enough, I was not giving myself the the biggest role. I was giving the the smallest role because I had to do everything else. And I was organizing theater in the entrance of of my house. We had a big house because my father had the office we had the house that one side was house and another side was office. So there was this big entrance that was dividing the two. And I I was like, oh, this is a great theater. And so we did, 
we were doing the credits, the titles, we were selling tickets. And I remember being very mad that my, my aunt came with my cousin that was like a baby, was like, I don't know, six months old, something like that. And I was insisting that she had to bet to, to pay for a ticket. I was very upset. And and we were doing uh, theater. I was organizing with everyone in my in my classroom. I mean, I was getting a group of classmates and doing rehearsal. And I remember also being upset if someone was coming late or not being, a, you know, not knowing the part. Uh, like we are not joking here. We <laughs> play. And so I think that the best thing is to be in theater, is the theater itself. I don't like to be only an, I mean, sometimes I like to be only an actress. Sometimes I like to be only a director. Sometimes I like to be only a producer. But I like the theater. I do sometimes as an actress, I do cinema, I do commercial, I'm a voiceover talent. And I, I lo love it because it's, it's the first thing I did. So it's the one the the one job I have most experience with, but is the theater. It's being a theater. I can go when I was in London in this festival, they were offering theater all day long. I was mm -hmm. seeing five shows and it was not a problem. So it's really the theater. I always say I feel very comfortable on stage and around the stage. It yeah, feels like that, home. I think. It is home. It's I feel different when I'm uh, in a theater and when I'm on stage. I feel I have a different strength. There is a different myself. Absolutely. Yeah. We have arrived at my favorite question to ask guests, as our regular listeners know, and that's what is your favorite theater memory? One of the so, 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 so many. Well, actually, there are two. One is when I did my first professional play as an actress <laughs> and my entire family came. So I we opened in, not in Rome, where I'm from, but in another city and they all came. But then we did it in Rome and I remember my grandma being in the audience and while I was acting, she was waving at me. <laughs> and I was like, grandma, really? <laughs> like, what are you supposed to do? Like, like Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was like, <laughs> she was fantastic. Another one is when we were working as students at the university, uh, Dario Ford chose uh, 10 of us to work with. And I remember him <laughs> making fun of me in front of an entire audience and me feeling like I wanted to die there and <laughs> to disappear forever. Yeah, there are, there are so many beautiful uh, memories i don't know if i have one well another one but it's all linked to my family is when i did i curated an entire evening at the kitchen now i'm going to cry but and my mom and my dad were there so i they were there for the rehearsal and then we went home and i was in the bathroom so my father knew that i wasn't in the room with my mom and he said to my mom I am so proud of her. And I overhear it. So I was like, yeah. But yeah. But you know, I have so many, so, so, so many memories that, and they're all uh, a, a collective, a big, beautiful memory. Love that. Thank you for sharing those memories with us. I really appreciate that. 
are there any other productions or projects that you have coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you? Well, besides the festival, which is the big one, we are starting to have a very busy fall season. So uh, we, we are going to have a show on October 18th on love letters on the Renaissance, but these are not the usual love letters. Mostly, you know, about how lovers married women having lovers and taking on other lovers and so it's uh, or married couples being far away and so it's it will be a different kind of a show and then there will be the screening of the documentary i know i'm a finalist in a film festival and they are have to tell me when it's going to happen i think there is a screening coming up in may maybe and then in the fall, I know that I have a couple of screenings, but I don't have dates yet. So we are redoing all the website. We are redoing in China. The new website will be on April 1st when, and at that time, you will be able to RSVP for the shows. And then the Key Theater uh, website will be redone and ready, the new one in September. But the, this one, the one that is now, there are some issues, but there is a calendar, so all the all the events are there. Perfect. And that is a perfect lead-in to my final question, which is, if our listeners want more information about the Encina Italian Theater Festival, or they want more information about you, perhaps they'd like to reach out to you, how can they do that? So the, we are on all the social media. For the uh, Italian Theater Company is Kit Theater with the ER at the end.com or at Kit Theater in all the social media. And for in Shana, we are in shanaNY.com or at in shanaNY in all the social media. So it's very easy. And social media at this point are the easier way to communicate. And we know why. <laughs> but we also have an email in each website so you can reach out through the email which is info at, and then the the website address. Yeah. Laura, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me about this amazing festival. Truly, it this is incredible. You are doing incredible work. Thank you to you and everyone else involved with this festival. And, and yeah, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, we'll wait for you at the theaters and in all the locations. And when you come, please come to me and say, hi, I heard you in the podcast, you know, hi. Yes, 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 absolutely. My guest today has been Laura Caparotti, who is the artistic director of the 2023 Encina Italian Theater Festival that's happening May 1st through 16th in all five boroughs of New York City, as well as in Boston, Detroit, Los Angeles, and San Diego. Admission to all shows and events at the festival will be free. But for more information and to RSVP for your tickets, visit www.encinany.com. You can also follow the festival on all social media at EncinaNY. And be sure to follow Laura's theater company, Kairos Italy Theater, on social media at 
Kit Theater, which is also their website, kittheater.com. So that way you can stay up to date on all the exciting projects and productions coming down the line. And we're going to have all of this information on our social media as well as on our episode description. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep your masks on, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you. <laughs>